Welcome to the Blooming Wand Podcast. My name is Emily and I'm a psychic medium, intuitive healer, and coach who specializes in helping others connect more deeply to their intuition so they can connect to self and embrace change. Here on this podcast, I discuss self-care and spiritual topics inspired by the tarot. Here's how it works. On every full and new moon, I pull three cards which inspire an intention and affirmation that we can work with until the next moon cycle. Engage them as part of your self-care and spiritual practices. Use them as journal prompts, but most of all, explore what they awaken in you. Be sure to visit bloomingwand.com to look at the cards. You'll also find additional resources on the website, including my free members area, where I've posted a mini course called Understanding Intuitive Healing Modalities. And in this mini course, I talk about the difference between psychism, mediumship, and tarot, so you can understand how each works and how maybe you would like to engage them in your life. Before we get into this moon cycle's intention and affirmation, I'd like to invite you to share your thoughts with me. You can do so right from my website. Just click the podcast page and you'll see a feedback form where you can submit your thoughts and ideas and reactions. You know I love to hear from you and I'd like to begin to share what you send in, the feedback that I get from you, from this community, on upcoming episodes so that I can spotlight different perspectives and experiences. I feel like that would make this podcast more interactive, and I love to highlight how other people interpret the intention and affirmation or how it resonates with them. We're all very different people. We've all had very different experiences in our lives. And so we're all going to interpret or react to these intentions and affirmations in different ways. And I think that it would be really cool to share some of your insights with the entire community. Of course, I'll always check in with you to see what your comfort level is and if you're open to that, and I can share things anonymously if that's preferred, but that's something I would really love to start doing on the podcast. With all that said, the full moon is upon us, so I have a new tarot curated intention and affirmation for us to work with. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. On September 29th, we've got the full moon. I pulled three cards and I used the Wild Unknown Tarot deck and we pulled the Seven of Swords, the Son of Pentacles, which translates as the Page of Pentacles, and the Wheel of Fortune. So the intention, let's let's get started. Our intention is this. It's always nice when our instincts are clear and we feel a strong yes or no. But what about times when you feel a mix of both? Let's say 20% of you says, nope, this new opportunity, this situation isn't for me. And the other 80% says, yeah, I think I might be kind of into this. What about times when it's 50-50 and you're presented with a stalemate? While I love the clarity of a clear yes or no, 
I'm beginning to see the value in circumstances that awaken uncertainty. They're not always fun, but they do hold value. When I take a broad view, I see that uncertainty is a sign of inner conflict. And inner conflict, with time intending, can transition to inner dialogue. I'd like to point out that inner conflict and inner dialogue feel very different. One creates tension and stress. The other feels open and curious. One feels like it opens a door to possibility and clarity and understanding, and the other doesn't. What do you think? When you contemplate inner conflict versus inner dialogue, how do they feel to you? And compare how each feels to you. So one will feel very different than the other. And I'm curious as to what your sense is about that. Um, I think it's I think it's really good to pause with this idea that inner conflict and inner dialogue feel different because you can you can tell if you're in a state of conflict and you can tell if you're in a state of inner dialogue based off of how you feel and what your body is telling you. It's not really a mind thing. It's a body thing. It's a sensation thing. Here's your affirmation. I'm capable of making decisions and seizing opportunities even when I feel some uncertainty. Yep, we can move forward even when we feel uncertain. I think the key is, what is your threshold for uncertainty? What's the threshold? How much uncertainty can you tolerate? When I feel conflicted, I walk myself through a check-in. First, the first thing I do is I consider my values. Is the opportunity or situation in alignment with my values? And answering this question requires introspection and reflection and often involves answering questions like, does this resonate with my ethical framework? In other words, I try to determine if the opportunity or situation is in alignment with what I hold dear. When something aligns with my values and intentions, I get a sense of authenticity and fulfillment. In contrast, when things don't feel aligned with my values, I feel inner conflict and a lot of discomfort. So after I check in with my values, if I'm still still feeling on the fence about the situation or opportunity, I touch base with the parts of me that are curious about the new situation or opportunity and the ones that aren't. I tend to check in with the more nervous or concerned parts first. Um, and to do this, I sense where I feel the concerned part in my body and I see if I can engage it from a place of compassion and curiosity. I take the part of me that's worried about what will happen and I ask it what it's what's it afraid will happen what is it so worried about and I when I ask this I'm genuinely asking from a tender place I'm not asking like what are you so worried about I'm saying come in I'm curious what do you need to let me know what are you worried about and I let that response naturally bubble up from these parts of myself that are worried 
Usually, there's concern about wasting time or money, making a mistake, hurting another person or myself, or ending up dissatisfied with my decision. And to address these common worries, I invite the parts of me that are in distress to do a risk assessment. I hold a meeting with the parts that are concerned so they can name their fears. And I literally let all the fears be named. Um, And I mentioned some of them earlier, like making a mistake or hurting another person or myself or wasting time and money. So I let them name their fears. And after listing them out, my worried parts and I analyze. So I kind of hold a council meeting with my worried self and sort of my capital S self, my inner wise one. And I I analyze how likely is it that each fear will occur? What's the likelihood that this fear could actually happen? On, you know, a scale of one to five, you know, let's say it's a three or a one. How likely is that to happen? A five being very likely. And then I say, well, if that said fear does occur, what would be the worst case scenario if that fear happened? For example, let's say you have an opportunity that presents itself and you have to make a financial investment. And if you make the investment and it doesn't work out, you won't be able to pay your bills. So that's a pretty valid fear. And not being able to pay your bills and particularly housing, ones related to housing, that's a that's a pretty big, big fear and it's a big risk to seize an opportunity where your safety and security might be at stake. So that's like a big one. But a lot of times our fears seem bigger than they actually are. And this assessment can help determine whether you feel capable of moving forward despite any apprehension that you might have. In many cases, my fears feel really, really big and really valid, but they aren't that likely to occur. And even if they did, it wouldn't be as bad as I might anticipate. So, you know, uh, let me give you an example. So I, I, I worried about starting a podcast. I thought, oh, I'm going to have to buy all this stuff and I'm afraid nobody will listen. And it's like, you know what? I had all the tools to do it. I put it out there. It's not that time intensive. It's easy for me to do and I enjoy it. So I took a calculated risk and I really had nothing to lose. So that was kind of an easy, easy example of how to engage the risk assessment. The main thing that I was afraid of is that Um, sort of an inner uh, saboteur that's like, eh, you know, if you do it, no one will listen, but uh, you're listening. So there we have it. Other times, um, so shifting gears, other times my fears are not only valid, but very likely to occur. And I'm sure this has happened to you too. And should they indeed manifest, I, I would be in a situation that's not ideal. So that's sort of like the first example I gave where maybe you're thinking about making a big financial investment that could impact your ability to pay your bills, right? So the risk assessment can help you determine if the risk is worth it, right? If the risk is worth the potential reward. So in cases where I uh, find that my fears are valid and likely to occur, and if they did, I would end up in a place I did not want to be. 
In these cases, the decision becomes clear. I don't pursue the opportunity. I, I don't do it. And um, I make said decision without regret. It's just not the right thing for me. And and that, it feels pr- pretty good. And I think maybe next time, right? Maybe this will roll around next time and I'll be in a situation where I can take the calculated risk and I won't put myself in a situation I'd rather not be in. So, After checking in with the parts of me that are concerned or afraid, I take time to be with the parts of me that are open, even excited about the opportunity or situation. So if you remember the intention, it's we're talking about times where some of us wants to do something and some of us doesn't. So it's important to not just focus on the fear, but focus on the part of you that is sort of like, I kind of want to do this. So we need to be with them too. And I engage them the same way I engage my worried parts. I hold a council meeting with them, uh, with my excited or enthusiastic parts and my higher self, my capital S self. um, And I invite them to share what it is about the opportunity that makes them feel like it's a good idea. And I take time to be present for possibility. And I check in to see if I really believe that these possibilities are attainable. And this is really helpful to me. Sometimes I don't really feel like the possibilities are attainable and sometimes I I feel like they are. And again, if you if you can move forward um with uh, a little bit of of worry and take the risk, you're probably going to be be okay. It's those times where our concerns are really big and they actually end up being very true and valid that we need to to step back and maybe make a different choice. But after taking uh, the time to do this process of checking in, I still might feel a little bit confused, but I almost always have a sense of whether I'm ready to challenge my comfort zone or not. And often, I find myself stepping forward even when I don't feel 100% ready. If I waited for myself to feel 100% ready for everything, oh my gosh, I'd be a hermit. I probably, I'd be doing, I wouldn't be having as much fun. I know that. So sometimes the opportunities that present end up being great. And other times they're mediocre. And other times there, we really regret them. And rarely have I moved forward with something and deeply regretted it, but it has happened. And the few times where that did occur, I didn't use the process that I outlined above. I I didn't have an awareness to have a process like that. And now that I do, it's been really helpful to me. So I don't as often find myself in situations of deep, deep regret. And I'm sure you all know this, but, and it's because it's something I encourage with, with clients and with you, with, with this audience is I have always listened to my gut instincts. It's been, it's been a really wonderful, uh, guide for me to pay attention to my instincts and my intuition. And I love it when my intuition communicates loud and clear. But the reality is we all encounter times when confusion and inner conflict set in. And I would say we spend a lot of time um, in that in-between area where our intuition isn't maybe necessarily bopping us on the head and telling us which direction to go, where we do enter confusion and inner conflict. It's a very human 
thing to happen. It's natural and it's normal. And while it's not the preference, (laughs) I understand that, believe me, um, I found that inner conflict gives me a chance to get to know myself better. And usually there are parts of me that want different things. And some might want to try new things, step out of the norm or expand my horizons. And others just want to keep me safe and prefer the realm of the known to the unknown. And the truth is both perspectives are valid. And spending time doing an internal audit can really, really help with decision making. It can get you out of that place of, um, confusion and uncertainty to a place of like, okay, I think I can move forward. I'd like to do a quick recap of the internal audit process for times when you're feeling conflicted. So I'm going to take a moment to do that now in a very uh, clear and straightforward way. At least that's my hope. Step one, check in with your values. Is the situation, event, or opportunity in alignment with what you hold dear and the intentions that you hold for your life? Does it align with your personal ethical framework? Step two, have a meeting with your worried parts. What do they need you to know? What are they afraid of? Do a quick risk assessment by listing out your fears, calculate their probability, and determine the impact should they manifest. After doing this, check in. Do you feel capable of moving forward? The risk assessment helps you to understand your tolerance for uncertainty because the reality is in life there's always going to be some amount of that in many situations, but what's your threshold for being able to tolerate uncertainty? And it's going to fluctuate depending on what the opportunity or situation is that you're being presented with. It's going to fluctuate depending on where you're at in your life and what's going on in your life. So just know that it's a dynamic thing. And that's why having a practice or a tool that you can engage is helpful. Step three, have a meeting with your excited part parts. What makes this opportunity or situation so appealing to them? What outcomes are they expecting and how likely are they to occur? What's the worst that would happen if the outcomes you were anticipating were not achieved? What's the worst thing that would happen? And if they did happen, what would that look like? So kind of really exploring that. And after doing this, check in with yourself again. Do you feel capable of moving forward now? And I did kind of throw in another step that's sort of a looking at the bigger picture of the assessment. So step four is how did this process help you? Do you feel comfortable with moving forward despite having some fear? And whatever the answer is, wherever you land, just trust yourself and know that if you're still feeling confused and conflicted, you can step back, give yourself a couple of days if if that's an option and come back and revisit this process again. So we really want to give the process time to unfold. You don't want to push things too hard and, um, you know, trust yourself that you'll get where you need to be. And recently I want to share with you some personal anecdotes. Uh, recently I've done a few things despite being 
apprehensive. Um, and I know that sometimes I need to take risks to grow. And one of the risks I've taken is joining a year-long private mentoring group for women in business. I am investing a fair amount of time and money so I can learn and grow and discover what I don't know. I haven't come across very many people, especially women who've run a business and earned a living wage or more. So I sought out a program where I could be with business owners, specifically women who have. And I'm only in my first month, but so far, so good. And I'm certainly going to be checking in with myself regularly, even though the decision has been made and, I, and I'm committed um, to see how I'm feeling about this, this new opportunity as I'm engaging it. And I'll keep you guys, I'll keep you all posted. So on the other hand, uh, I've tried things that haven't felt that great. For example, I took an online course about building online courses. Ha ha ha. The irony is not lost on me. And I found myself in a terrible sales funnel of one upsell after another upsell. And my email inbox got flooded with spam and the program really started to feel like a scam. And while initially I, I did get some good insight and I got some great workbooks out of it, um, but there were some things that I thought were going to be included that weren't. And I was like, oh, I guess we're not covering that. And it's like, oh, oh no, we'll cover it. It's in the next class. And if you want to learn these other things, that's in another class. So it was, it just felt like they were leaving just breadcrumb after breadcrumb for me to just buy more and more and more. And that just didn't feel really good to me. Um, I don't think it would have felt good to a lot of people, but, uh, but it, it, maybe this is a well-known creator and, and program. So, um, you know, it's, it must work because they're, they're, they're selling courses and making money, but it didn't feel good to me. And while, um, the overall time and money investment was very low, I mean, the risk was not great to do this course. Um, so the overall impact on, you know, me and my business and my life was, it was minimal. It was minimal. So I tried something and I didn't like it and that's okay. The experience did leave kind of an unwanted emotional impact because it left me feeling a little bit disillusioned about um, marketing and sales and how people do that for their business because it definitely taught me things that I know that I don't want to do um, and won't be doing. But you know what? I still learned something. I learned what I won't be doing as a course and content creator. That was good. And I did learn a few things about um, creating courses that, that, I, that, that were helpful. So I'm really interested to know how it's going in your world. And have you ever done something despite not feeling 100% certain? And how did, how did it work out? What happened? Do share, you know, I love to hear from you. Um, I want to go back and just touch base really quick on the intention and the affirmation, and then I'll leave you with a poem. So here's our intention. It's always nice when our instincts are clear and we feel a strong yes or no, but what about times when you feel a mix of both? Both. Let's say 20% of you says no and the other 80% says yes. What about times when it's 50-50 and you're presented with a stalemate? So part of our intention is 
knowing that we love the clarity of a clear yes or no, but there's value in circumstances that awaken uncertainty and that uncertainty um, opens the door to uh, viewing and understanding inner conflict and transitioning that inner conflict and turning it into an inner dialogue. Here's our affirmation one last time. I'm capable of making decisions and seizing opportunities even when I feel some uncertainty. So I would like to close with um, something that I read to myself. I kind of keep it in my altar spaces and uh, around me all the time. It encourages me to step out of my comfort zone and to be tender with myself. And it's a morning offering from John O'Donohue's book, To Bless the Space Between Us, a book of blessings. And it goes like this. May I have the courage today to live the life that I would love, to postpone my dream no longer, but to do at last what I came here for and waste my heart on fear no more. May I have the courage today to live the life that I would love, to postpone my dream no longer, but to do at last what I came here for and waste my heart on fear no more. (sighs) I really do love that blessing, and I hope that it felt good to you to hear it. Um, Don't forget to send in your feedback if you have some. Get your journals out. Do some writing, do some reflecting, take good care of yourselves, and I'll see you on the new moon.